Hello, and welcome to A Night with the Dark Knight, the show that takes a look at Batman through the ages, for better or for worse. With your dynamic duo, Aidan Gula. And me, George Ellis. And tonight, we are talking Batman 66. Yes, Batman Batman, 19... Batman the movie. Yes, Batman 1966, the movie. Which, mind you, I was somewhat dreading to watch before we actually started watching it. Why? How dare you? That's no, but not dr- I, it was. It was kind of like, a, well, this was something I watched when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, God, is this going to do the same thing that Batman Forever did to me? Am I going to yeah, hate it? It's very true. It's quite scared. And I will say I came out of this in a great mood. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Hmm. Yeah. Same. I mean, it's. It, I got the box set of the full series for christmas bear with oh here it is here's the box set. i got the box set for christmas the film's not actually included on this so i have to rent it on <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but, uh i got this for christmas and i got through so many episodes i've i got to about the end of series one and kind of fell off but i got through so many episodes so quickly because it is just so fun to watch i think i watched like eight in a row or something ridiculous like that like it's just nonsense it's just so stupid but it's just so fun to watch and that's exactly how i always feel about this film like i said to you i got 20 minutes in and i was just crying from laughter because it was just stupid it is i think that's 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 the perfect way to kind of sum up the entire batman 1966 thing the film included it is dumb stupid very silly but it is incredibly endearing and just a fun watch frankly like yeah because i th- i was thinking this as well like there's only there's only two sort of superhero shows from this time that people kind of fondly remember that's batman 66 and the 70s hulk besides them all the other things have been lost to the ages like the spider-man thing people remember as being really crap and oh wow see- i just remember see- that yeah, and then you see these other interpretations, like there's a Captain America who had like a motorbike helmet and all these weird things that people have gone, no. Yet Hulk and Batman have survived the test of time. And it's like, why do we continue to love mm. this one? I think it's because, you know, all the things that, technically all the things we like about Batman are there, but they're just done in a very strange way. I think... That's the film is undeniable, like not like the film and the TV show, undeniably Batman and Robin and his Rose Gallery and all of that kind of stuff is there. But it's like it doesn't, but it, I can't take it seriously, but it takes itself seriously. And that's wonderful. It's so like, I'm Batman, this is Robin. Yeah, there's a rubber shark attached to Adam West's leg and he's thumping it. <laughs> yeah. And we're all watching it going, what are you doing? But the people making it are like... Ugly Robin, hand me the shark repellent. It's like, like, yes. And Adam West has always treated it as like, this was a real piece of acting that he did. People would always be like, oh, I liked it when you were Batman. And he'd be like, yes, I think I did a good job. And it's like, he takes it really seriously, but it's like, you know, it doesn't translate. And no. But it's, it's uh, still loved either way. But I don't think it would work if he hadn't taken it seriously. It's that very interesting thing. If everyone involved were treating it as this kind of fun thing, I don't think it would have worked. But because there's 110% effort being put in by everyone involved, it is this fun thing to watch because you can enjoy what's come of the effort. 
You know, mm. like if something silly happening, the fact they're treating it like something serious in that world, it's like, I'm, I mean, I'm invested in the plot, but I'm also finding it hilarious that you're rehydrating eight people <laughs> and everyone's really serious about it. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it is honestly a wonderful thing. And I think a good place to start for this, as you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, watching and listening i'm i'm in a i'm just in a great mood because of this and this is the complete <laughs> polar opposite of what Batman forever did to me and yeah, i'm that that if anything that it would have been like if we if we got to batman forever because then i've been on holiday for a week that could have been the end theoretically because both could have got i can't bear to do another one i can't not after batman forever that was so it's so it was so demoralizing mm-hmm. It was just like, I thought this was a good film. And I was expecting to say it's really underrated, but actually I just want to kill myself. Basically. And then you you come to Batman 66, even though I think, I think in the Mask of the Phantasm episode, I, you know, I told you that actually this series started in 1965. Mm. The the film does come out in 66 though. The film is 66. I think that's why we call it Batman 66. But now this is kind of, is making me enthused again i'm like yes let's talk about batman because this is just such a fun film it's i know exactly what you mean it's somehow this weird romp of a movie has gotten me back into batman Mm. who knew that would happen basically the moral of the story before we get into this here is if you've recently watched batman forever go watch this and you'll be fine it's like the remedy, really. It fixes yeah. any bad feelings. It's brilliant. I love the co- just the costumes. Do you prefer bat nipples or bat belly? It's really, it's what, <laughs> it's what you're looking for. But um, no, the place to start, I think, is just kind of... I think when I was younger, I used to watch a lot of Batman 1966. Most of it have, is lost to time in my brain. But most of my favorite moments from the series... Is from this film. You got the shark repellent. You got the submarine fight. You're right. There's so many moments from this that you do think, oh, that's a great thing from the series. And actually, it's from this. And it just, it, it kind of just, just sum up everything the series is, really. Yeah. I think it's kind of the, the film, like how um, Batman the Animated, like Mask of the Phantasm is Batman the Animated series at its best. This very much feels like batman 1966 at its best big budget well big as you can get but it does feel like they've got a bigger budget you know they're doing some slightly bigger things they haven't changed any of the costumes <laughs> it's one thing that i mentioned to aiden at the start of the film the narrator which is quite nice because the narrator was in the tv show the narrator says literally where we get the narrator is literally where we get our outro from isn't yeah. it same bad time same bad channel him that's a favorite no idea what his name is but uh he's he's in a big part of the dna of this podcast he's the he's he's the batman six narrator but at the start he says millionaire millionaire with an m millionaire bruce wayne and his ward dick grace and they're on are out for a nice drive and i and if you listen to that carefully he says millionaire huh. bruce wayne is a billionaire which is a, like it's a huge difference. And I think that really shows why this Batman has certain things that other Batmans don't. 
because he's, he just isn't as rich. No, he's just Batman on a budget. And yeah. Aiden said that, and I found that hilarious because it explains everything about this show. It is. It's, it's, I would say, dude, it, he's got the passion, but not the funds. Because <laughs> he's, like, he's going, I want to be Batman and I have all these things. And then Alfred's going, yes, sir, but your budget can only stretch so far. Mm-hmm. And he's going, okay, I'll get a vague bat suit then, but I'll just kind of make it out of cloth and tights and things. But that's as far as I can stretch. I can get a helicopter, but I'll have to rent it from the airport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's one of my favorite bits of that. Because I never questioned that when I was younger. But now when I'm watching it, I'm like, why is he going to the airport to pick up his helicopter with like 30 guys in the middle of the day just setting it up for him? Same with the uh, boat. That was doctored to marines somewhere. Yeah. As if like it's available for other you, for <laughs> other people. <laughs> like it's not just his. <laughs> Uh, mind you, the boat, though, is actually one of my favorite bits from, from this, because with the car and the helicopter, the helicopter's a bit slow, but the car's always sped up. The footage is always sped up. But the boat, that's actually going at a rate, which I did quite like. But speaking of going at a rate, we're bouncing around here. But have you noticed in any of the scenes to do with vehicles, whenever Robin, <laughs> whenever Robin's in any vehicle, <laughs> the, kid, <laughs> the kid is holding on for dear life. Yeah. He's, he is there. Especially, it's, you'd point it out most in the bat bite yeah. because it's, because in those usual, you know, I don't know. I don't know. actually know what the, I think it's just a sidecar, isn't it? But usually in a sidecar, you've got protection. as mm-hmm. it? a kind of a visor and a thing goes around all the way around you this thing is just flat so there is nothing for him to like if they stopped he would just go flying forward yeah. as they go around corners you can see one hand is literally like grabbing onto that and the other hand is there and this guy looking at him i don't think it's a stunt double was <laughs> <laughs> going around the edge and the same thing i noticed again when they're on the boat this guy's clinging to it it's hilarious as it's going, like, I thought when they're filming this, you know, for the sake of, like, just filming, you don't need it to be realistic. You mm. can be you can be going with the tide. If you go far enough out, you can go with the tide and you won't have that bumpy thing. But instead they went, oh, let's just, let's go out from the tide. So they're Oop going, out. presumably this is filmed in LA as well. Mm-hmm. It seems you know, like it. Where, you know... uh surfers go so there's big waves <laughs> they're going out from the tide so they're going over these massive waves and you can just see this robin is they're going whoa 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 and, <laughs> and you think if they hit a big enough wave you just shoot out <laughs> I, I just so oh this is breaking me because it's such a hilarious thing and if if you listen to this and you don't know what we're talking about just find a clip of him in any vehicle and it's hilarious <laughs> Because in the car, he has, they, they have seatbelts, but they're not seatbelts. They're just a little kind of those little straps you have when you're going on like a theme park ride. So even in the car, the dude's there like, ah! Yeah. So it think, is. But like, even on that note, I also noticed the same, same thing as when the penguin's in the car, because there isn't a back seat in that vehicle. Like it's there isn't a back seat. So when you see the penguin in that car, when it's driving, because if you look very carefully, when it's driving and you see a shot from it from above, he's in between Batman and Robin. <laughs> and then when it's on the green screen, they're in the car, he's directly behind Robin. So you could see they did it in different shots. When he's in between them, he's basically just like perched on the mount of this car, probably near the gearbox or something. 
and you can see the penguin in that scene is kind of being rattled around a lot because you're like thinking this man isn't sat down <laughs> there, isn't, there is no back seat <laughs> health and safety be damned this show is just <laughs> health and safety gone mad it's, it, is. <laughs> it is amazing the vehicle scenes i just love that boat one because it's going like the clappers and he doesn't know what to do and it <laughs> mm. but it's great and then the final bit when it comes to vehicles is the just when they're, for the, like they're approaching the helicopter for the final time and Batman says to Robin, detach, oh. go, car. <laughs> He's on a, the teeniest thing. Just kind of hunched over and it just does that. Mm. For like no distance. Literally saves no time at all. No. But it's like... And I also noticed as that, well that, because I was thinking that when he went detach, I thought, you spent so much time telling him to detach this that you've not achieved anything here. But when he actually goes and the things, it goes at quite some speed off the bike, then comes to a very sudden stop. <laughs> and I thought, I wonder if there's actually like no floor to this thing. And you've literally just got Burt Ward slamming his feet on the floor just to stop, <laughs> the, just to stop this thing. Because it stops so suddenly from the speed yeah. it was coming from. And I think, I reckon, you know, it's just like an open thing. And he's just gone, jeez, and just put his feet down, wore away the soles of his shoes. But like, I just, I... Health and safety, like, and it never looks like the stunt doubles either. No, there's not a moment in this film where I go, "Oh, that's not Adam West. That's not Cesar Romero." And I think it's always them. So anything, this Burt, Burt Ward was risking his life <laughs> several times throughout. Like, this like I mean, at least Batman has like um, handlebars or steering wheel to hand on, um, hold on to in any of these scenes. But what they've obviously decided is Burt Ward is cheaper than Adam West, yeah. and they've gone. Just you'll be fine. Yeah. Then they've just they they've they they haven't cared how much risk they're putting Burt Ward under. The poor guy could have been minced by helicopter blades because they put him on an unstable go-kart. And it is and it's it's this kind of thing that makes like this carries over for the whole show, this kind of vibe. It's all hilarious but endearing. It's like 110% effort in. He's risking his life on a boat that could kill him. For a TV show called Batman 1966, and I love it. It's also made me think as well, the bit at, right at the start when they're on the Batcopter and they're going down the Bat Ladder, because everything has a label in this film. Oh, my so, God. So you see two shots. There's the one that's the green screen background when you can see it's Burt Ward when he wraps his legs around the ladder to try and lower himself down. And there's the wider shot when they're actually above the sea, and you can probably assume that is a stunt double at yeah. that point that but the bit when it's Burt Ward against the green screen he's going so slowly that I think he was just fearing for his life and he really didn't want to do this shot because I was watching it going you why are you doing this you're supposed to be a gymnast why are you doing this so slowly and he trying to wraps his leg around one ball wraps the other leg around the other ball and slowly begins to go backwards and then extend his arm to give the shark repellent to which is way away from batman whose <laughs> yeah. hand is over here he's like yeah. and he's doing that and i'm thinking bert why are you doing that so slowly but i thought it's because bert's probably you know he doesn't want to be upside down dangling off this thing above a hard studio floor because i doubt they put any <laughs> soft mats down and he's probably thinking i don't want to do this in this everything's like bat boat bat motorcycle like bat bike i wrote i wrote i'm surprised they don't call it i lost track after a while but i was trying to jot down as many as i noticed and there were bat ladder bat yeah. spray bat grain when they were developing photos oh my god and there was um the bat sorter the bat camera the bat filter the bat gas the bat wake which was my favorite bat wake <laughs> and then bat scanner they were all the ones i wrote down but i'm pretty sure there were more 
there were so many bat gadgets in this. Like I've written in my notes here, the film has an obscene amount of bat related gadgets mm. because it's just like, first off, let's start with that bat camera. It's huge. It's, it's the biggest thing. It's like a normal camera with a huge bat just stuck on the front of it. And he's like, this is the bat camera. And it's, it's wonderful. And the bat ladder, it's a normal ladder. No different. Bat ladder, yeah. bat spray. And I like how there's a lingering, like a good five second shot on all the sprays. It's like we have four sprays for individual animals. One of them is shark repellent. Because I was, yeah, I love that. I mean, the shark repellent is one of the most iconic moments of this film. But I've always, I've always thought of it. Why is it in a helicopter? Like, if you're going to have shark repellent, <laughs> if I'm living, if I'm living in this world where you have shark repellent, put it on the bat boat. Yeah. Why is it in a helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> when, who has ever thought? Let's right get in a helicopter. Make sure we have things that defend us against the sea. Like, if you think you're gonna crash, fair enough. But like, but shark repellent. It's like, like the one you don't need. Is is the the very opposite. Of that's the like one bringing that's like bringing lion repellent along with you. It's like, are you planning on on landing in the desert specifically? Just it's, to f- it'd be like if they were on the bat boat, and Batman was like. Robin, make sure to pack the parachute. Let's go. Yeah. Like, what do you need a parachute for? Knowing this show, though, he'd find a way to need it. He'd ramp off something over <laughs> a cliff into a dam. He'd have to pull his chute. <laughs> if this show had a bigger budget, I would be a... I don't doubt they'd do some weirder stuff. They'd do him going to space somehow. I know they would. But it's such a strange show. And I, mean, I, I, I was like, I was saying this to you earlier. It was, I was developing my own kind of stupid theory for it because we had the debate in one of our previous episodes. Did Batman groom Robin? And I don't, you know, this, but it doesn't apply to this one because I look at both of these characters and I can't imagine either of these have the dark backstories that we know about them. Like I look at Batman and I think, are your parents really dead? <laughs> you don't really look like you're that affected. It, it seems like his parents have just grown up. Like they're them living in a retirement away. home and he's yeah. just kind of like, oh, my parents are gone. And it's like, they're maybe fine, they mate. Just, you know, maybe they are dead, but maybe they just died of natural causes. Yeah. You know I mean? He's just got like over it. Just, just and then like uh, Robin is supposed to have this, because tra- this is Dick Grayson. Yeah. You're supposed to have this traumatic backstory where Robin saved you from the circus and all these things, but I don't see any of that here. And my theory with this Batman Robin is that this Bruce Wayne is clinically insane. Like he's actually mental batshit crazy yeah quite literally and he's had this idea of being a crime fighter not a vigilante but we'll come on to that soon he's not a vigilante he's a crime fighter and he's had this idea i'm going to be a crime fighter and i'm going to have a bat theme so he's gone all out on the bat theme and he's gone bat boat bat scanner bat grain bat all these magnifying glass got his own bat suit batmobile he's got all these vehicles he's gone right now i just need a sidekick and he's come across dick grace and he's gone you'll do and he's kind of roped, roped into this. And it's just kind of like Dick Grayson's there like, sure, Batman. And he's going along with it all. But he's kind of like, I don't really know why I'm here. I like the idea of him just being roped into it. Like he's just met a random person on the street. He's like, do you want to be my ward? And he's like, yeah, sure. Because like Batman, because you don't really see it in this. You don't see her at all. But there is like a maid in the series. I can't think what her name is. But she's kind of like in Wayne Manor. There's Bruce, Dick, Alfred. And then her, I can't think what her name is right now, but she doesn't know either of them are Batman or Robin. So it's always like she's teaching him how to teach Dick how to play the piano or something. 
And then Alfred's like, uh, sir, there's that bird watching event. And they go, ah, yes, Alfred. And then they go away. And then, you know, go down the bat pole. Oh, it's not on bat pole. Oh, bat and pole. Then, uh... <laughs> and the bat costume change lever. Yes. And all of that. So I, I, I like, she's not in this film. It's, it's, very, it's a very strange character. I can't remember what her name is. But it's like, you never, I never get the sense from this bat, from this uh, Bruce and Dick that they are like, it's an orphan looking after an orphan, essentially. It just feels like he's kind of like his tutor or something. Like, it just feels like he's just gone. I need a trusty sidekick. You'll do. Anyway, and then he's gone into the bat cave and Dick's kind of gone, What's with the bat theme? And he's like, gone, Don't question it. Now let's go. <laughs> I like bats. <laughs> but this whole show, this whole film is filled with weird costumes and then characters being gullible or not believing it. I mean, we're, right, let's just talk about Batman and Kitka for a second here. Yeah. My word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that moment i say that i think he's clinically insane when that moment at the end when he looks into the distance and realizes kitka is catwoman i think that music isn't just you know like a soundtrack i think that's literally in his head mm. and he's just looking at the distance going he's, he's, like, he's trying to rationalize it he's just lost it <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's already this crazy millionaire not a billionaire he's all this crazy millionaire who's got bat theme dick grayson you'll do let's go and now yeah. he's like nye, nye, nye. and he's just mental this is an insane version he's insane and he is the most gullible person i've ever seen in my life <laughs> he's he's ludicrously gullible this woman comes out of nowhere and is asking a million a minute questions about batman and where where is Rest. he dressed in cat prints yeah <laughs> and the dude and looks exactly like catwoman because catwoman only wears this like the worst mask ever that doesn't conceal anything and okay yes she's got a different hairstyle that can maybe be a bit confusing and then in like the next scene she has the same hairstyle as catwoman come on batman put the pieces together he doesn't piece any of this together and there's there are moments in the film where he's escaped and he's back as Batman and he goes into the room where Kit, where he thinks Kitka was, she's not there. He then sees Catwoman and he still doesn't put the pieces together. Yeah. When I got the, when I got the box set for Christmas, I, cause my mum, I mean, it's sixties. My mum was born in 70. So actually she would have only seen the reruns. But whenever I used to watch an episode, I'd talk to her about them afterwards. Cause she'd like have some vague memory of watching them at the time. And the common thing I always said to my mum was, this Batman's an idiot. Like, he's actually stupid. Like, there were just so, like, we were saying this, it's, it's say, you see it in this film. Batman in the series, so far in where I've seen it, has never solved a riddle. Ever. He's always Robin, or occasionally uh, Gordon. Batman, what are you actually doing? <laughs> you basically are just the driver. I don't <laughs> think Batman did anything in this episode other than the moment on the boy where he's doing the little radar thing and then the batteries die in a gadget so they're then doomed and then they're (laughs) saved by a fucking porpoise (laughs) and then heroically and they have a, a damn like eulogy afterwards where they're speaking to each other as if the porpoise were the, was a friend of the family and it's like <laughs> he sacrificed himself for the greater good and, and then it just i don't 
They were saved by a porpoise, a random porpoise. There's no like this porpoise was planned. Just it's as if this porpoise made a conscious decision to save them. And I, I have a, I, just, I believe without a doubt that that porpoise was sent by Aquaman because there was an Aquaman film of the time recent of that kind of time. So I, so he must have been sent by Aquaman because otherwise they're dead. Because this, for it, yeah. It just I had to be. There were two. There were, I loved that 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 whole scene with the boy because there were three lines that I absolutely loved. You're right. One of them was when he goes, "The batteries are dead." <laughs> I was like, "Come on, Batman." The second one is just before the scene is when they go, "The criminals must be using an illegal projection boy," and I was like, "What?" As if there are legal projection boys as well kicking around. So I loved that line. And then the last one is just the way he says. A certain line, like the line itself isn't funny, but the way he says it just really broke me. And it's when he's magnetized to it and he just goes, The fiends, and then just carry on. And the way he says it, it's just such like, You don't really mean that, do you? But it's just like, The fiends, how dare they? It just broke me. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Oh, this. <laughs> Like I said, I sent you another clip earlier on, and I've actually seen this comparison a few times, but it only really clicked with me when I heard that line. A lot of people say Adam West and uh, Jeff Goldblum sound exactly the same, and there is that line earlier on. He's kind of going, "Oh, it must be Catwoman," and he like talks like that. It's like, "Why are you? Why are you talking like that? Why couldn't you just go? It must be Catwoman. Why do you have to do this whole thing? It what? must be Catwoman. Hey. What's that all about? The do meant I as I said, they take it so seriously." But it's so, it's so ludicrous. It's so stupid. And it's, there were just so many moments where Batman is saying stuff. And when it came to the kind of the last act of this film, my parents decided to join me in watching it for some reason. I don't know why. They just wanted to watch Batman 1966 because it is kind of the stuff my mum and dad used to watch when they were younger. Mm. Like my dad literally, when Robin was climbing down the ladder, because he came in at like, the, like at the start, he said, he goes, he goes upside down now. He could name every beat. And it's like, mm. this is, I don't ever get to watch Batman stuff with my dad and he knows what's going to happen. Cause it's like, that's his generation. But um, at kind of the end, my dad, my dad said about <laughs> Batman, he's got a little bit of Alan Partridge in him in kind of the way he's so serious, but a bit over the top about what he's saying. Like he's taking himself a hundred percent seriously, even in a situation where it's completely ludicrous. Mm. And it just made me chuckle that. And this, this, it's just, it's a brilliant show, but no, about Batman being so gullible and you saying Robin is the smart one. Robin is the only smart one here because when, even at the end, when they're trying to re-piece together the kind of the people, Robin's trying to say how they can make the world better. And then Batman saying how, oh no, we'll keep them exactly the same. And then when they come to rehydrate them, they completely fuck it up. And Batman's excuse is basically Batman and Robin mess it up at the end and they try to pass it off as it's better this way. They completely mess it up. And Batman says, but it's better this way. What? There are so many, t- it reminds me, there so, I remember there's so many episodes that I watched of the series where I actually thought, if you took Batman and Robin out of the situation, nothing changes. Because all the really, so many episodes that they have tends to kind of be, I've noticed, uh, the Penguin kind of episodes. 
they tend to be Batman and Robin go in investigating something. They get captured. Then they need to get away. And then they tell the police what's going on. And then the end of the day. Hmm. And there's so many episodes I thought, well, all Batman and Robin have to deal with in this is just getting out of the trap. If actually Batman and Robin didn't get involved whatsoever, the police would have just caught them eventually. It might take them slightly longer, but they would have got there in hmm. the end. And with this film, actually, what do they achieve? <laughs> like, Because in the end, the villains are caught. Yes, they have the big fight on the submarine. But then when it comes to the rehydrating, could they not... Like, if Batman has the technology to do it, then that technology must exist somewhere else in the world. Like, that's that with this Batman, yes. With other Batmans, I, I would argue maybe it doesn't. And if it does, it'd be kind of like top of the chain kind of thing but in this universe the dude has a bat magnifying glass i'm assuming yeah, someone else has like, that and especially because it's like nine representatives of the un although we can't call them U the un because either the un doesn't exist yet or we're just not allowed to call them that because i noticed they weren't calling it the un but that's who it was supposed to be well they, they said like the eight world leaders or something yeah or nine but i'll come on to that in a, shortly actually but um I thought if these people have gone missing, these are the highest representatives of the world, you would be putting all your resources into this, especially as Batman and Robin saving them was being televised <laughs> across the world. And then they've got this Why? president who's probably Kennedy saying how we've done it. And it's like, you're doing nothing here. It's just Batman <laughs> who's like, still like, messed I, it up. But it's like, that technology would have existed somewhere else. So you could have just, got those top scientists to do it and they probably would have done it better what has actually happened is yes batman and robin have stopped the criminals but again the police probably might have done that eventually anyway because again they're crime fighters and they work for the police so they're using the same resources anyway and then at the end they just mess it up anyway so actually this whole film is just about batman and robin yes stopping the big bad guys but then messing up the UN and then going, thank you, thank you, and leaving. And it's through like, a window. <laughs> what? You've messed up. Like, I'm sure they left the room then, and then everybody went, ah, oh, Batman and Robin. Wait, hold on. Are they they speaking... actually messed this up, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> like, they were like, oh, they've done it. They've saved the world. And then they realize everyone's speaking the wrong language. And it's like, what? <laughs> or just not even speaking the wrong language, just speaking in racial stereotypes. <laughs> It's like let's let's. How do we make sure we know that this guy has got the Israel representative in him? Shalom, shalom. It's like, come on. <laughs> how do we make sure the German guy's the German guy? Make him really kind of stern, really aggressive. Yeah. And the French and the French guys just go, "Siv you play." Yes, yeah, you play. And it's like, what? What are you saying to each other? <laughs> I like how the English guy is like the most British man you have ever seen. Yes, and he's and very, so. And the, and the very first w words he says are, well, Her Majesty. It's like, <laughs> why are you talking about the Queen? You should be talking about the Prime Minister. What has the Queen got to do with this? <laughs> well, don't you know, Aiden? All British people love the Queen. It's all we talk about. Because he's like, Her Majesty instructs that we do this. He's like, the, the Queen doesn't have a say. She's not involved in this. <laughs> she just signs the papers. She doesn't have a say in any of this. Yeah. I, I, I like how then they, and they left through the window. So everyone probably real they were probably like, they you do realize Batman and Robin got this wrong. And they're like, and Commissioner Gordon's probably like, um, no, yeah, but he did a good job because Commissioner Gordon and that other chief are just kissing Batman's ass. 
The dude can do nothing wrong. The Irish chief, you can't understand the word of. Chief O'Hara. That's all you ever hear of. What are you saying? Same in the TV show. He's always just like... And in the TV show, he, they they really have to hammer it home that he's Irish. So he will be like, bye, Paddy. And he's saying all these things. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, can we stop with the, the Irish things now? <sighs> but I, I love to imagine when Batman and Robin escape out the window, let's say the, the rab sailing down that building. You've then got Batman going, come on, Robin. We need to get as far away from here as possible. We've really messed this up. <laughs> Robin's just there like, yeah, I told you so. I told you this would happen. National criminals, Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the amount of holy something, something Batmans in this is amazing. It's, Burt Ward delivers that like just on point every time. He's so good at that. It's, it's so cheesy, but it's cheesy because it takes itself seriously. And that's what makes it great. Because one thing I'll say to you is that it's nine countries that Mm -hmm. they've stolen the representatives of. Mm-hmm. then later on in the film when I think it's Penguin and Catwoman are talking and they're saying about their well Penguin is talking about his plan and he's talking about his plan and he's saying we will ask for one billion dollars from each country so didn't I, though, like I, that... I didn't think they asked for billion I think it was million again no it was billion I okay they, they right say, they did say one billion dollars so they know country. what a billion is in this so show I thought so i thought right that's nine billion dollars total divide that between you i worked it out it's roughly two and a bit billion dollars each and i thought right that is a lot of money yes that is a lot of money but for a villainous scheme on this scale that doesn't seem like that much like for all this effort two billion each is kind of like is that just just the minimum you want and yes you know just for inflation that could be a lot of money now because i worked out that one one million then is rough roughly 10 million now so it's a big jump but even still it's a lot of effort for it's not enough money you know like they're they're, they're putting could be asking for more money than just two billion each and then going yeah that, that'll suit me it is it's a ridiculous amount of money, but with the effort they put in, you puts... assume they'd go for more. Like knowing Bond, it's Bond villains are always like, "I want ten billion just to start," and then they're just like, "No, two billion each. That's fine by yeah. me. I'll do me dandy, thank <laughs> you. I can put my feet up." Like they're looking for their retirement budget. That's what they're looking yeah. for, and I love that. The the villains, we're going to conquer the world, but I just want to buy an, a modest home in Barbados. I don't need much. And you can have all your people. They're, they're quite nice, these villains, I'd say. They're all... When it comes to all these villains, they are all undeniably their characters. But they're I all lo- quite nice. I love these villains. And I was also wondering this as well. Like, These are like the four definitive Batman villains, really. Like, I think if you had to ask any old Joe on the street... Name four Batman villains. They'd probably go, uh, Joker, Riddler, Penguin, Catwoman. That's probably what most people would say. I doubt many people would say otherwise. And I was kind of thinking it's weird that we say, you know, Batman the Animated Series is the definitive Batman. But actually, I'd say that this is kind of establishes some of the definitive iconography that we always go, right, well, that needs, we're making a Batman film, so that's got to be in it, hasn't it? And I think actually more of that kind of, the iconography side kind of comes from this a bit more. And the thing about the villains I love is they're so exaggerated. 
They're so stupid. The Joker is literally just telling jokes all the time. Penguin is just going wah, 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 wah. And waddles. Catwoman is is going. (laughs) That bit on the telescope where she's just. (laughs) So weird. I really. (laughs) Why? I hate that bit. (laughs) uh, uh, The noise is literally. (laughs) And the guy who's like piloting it as well is like, what are you doing? Like, Like that's self aware as well. Yeah. And so it's like they are their characters and they're very exaggerated for the characters but it's like you're right they are undeniably them yeah mm. it's them to a wow wow i love doing that but um i kind of love that one it's like i said earlier i do really genuinely love this riddler like we had in batman forever last week we had jim carrey who's doing something and yet jim carrey's doing the kind of wild crazy riddler and so's frank gorshin but Frank Gorshin actually seems like he's an intelligent being. And That's he has the a thing. That is exactly the thing I'd say when it comes to this Riddler. Honestly, when it comes to all the Riddlers I've ever seen in live action, because there aren't many of them in live action, and even with a lot of the animations, because in like um, one of the most recent Batman animations, Batman Hush, which is based after one of the best Batman comics of all time, I Batman Hush, it, apparently. yes, Batman Hush is one of the best comics. It's one of my favorites. It's one I like it's brilliant. Batman Hush is one of the best comics, and it's seen as one of the best Batman comics. Art is by Jim Lee, and it's wonderful. But the animation is terrible, and they ruin the twist by making Hush the Riddler, which I hate. It, it, like the whole point of Hush is the fact Hush is Thomas Elliot. That's the whole point. Without that, it's not Hush. But they make him the Riddler, and it's terrible, and it's just dumb, and it's done badly, really badly. Mm-hmm. And it's like. When it comes to portrayals of the Riddler, this one I've seen in Batman 1966 is probably the best. Like, barring some of the games, well, not some of the games, barring like the games and the animated series and certain ones. Majority wise, from my memory, when it comes to like the main mediums, like barring comics, obviously, this portrayal of the Riddler in Batman 1966 is one of the best because he's got kind of that craziness, which you kind of want from a villain, maybe a bit too crazy in places, but he's smart and he wants to do a plan. He's less crazy and more just excited because you can tell as the film goes along and he's kind of getting the upper hand on Batman or he feels like he's got more of a chance of winning. He's getting a bit more excited. So you can maybe say he's getting more crazy, but it just strikes me as the dude's kind of like, I'm finally one-upping Batman. It's his whole thing, beating Batman. And he even says it in the show, like his greatest joy is defeating Batman. And that is exactly what Riddler wants because he feels like he's the smartest and Batman's like the only one who's ever able to like, consistently beat the guy without a fault. So for Riddler to be defeating him or feel like he's like getting that upper hand for once is such a huge moment for the character and he's getting more excited and you see that in this film and I think that's wonderful seeing that for Riddler and it's brilliant and it's the most, I'd say, classic interpretation of the Riddler in a live action sense. I think it's actually like, I was... You know, I do love Batman 66. And you were saying before, like last week, well, not last week, week before, when we were recording our last one, 
don't be biased when we come to do this because I know you love it so much and you have this nostalgic thing and you love mm-hmm. 60s things and all that kind of technical and nonsense. So I love all of that. And I do love the series anyway. But then it kind of goes beyond, okay, let's just stop being ironic now and let's go into an actual th- something of credibility and quality. And I do genuinely think that Frank Gorshin's Riddler is a really good interpretation and really quite an unsung and underrated um I like interpretation like nobody it's always who's the best joker you never get a who's the best riddler kind of debate do you because like you said we've not got many but it's like even if we did do that debate i imagine if i had to predict you know somebody who'd seen all of the riddler things if somebody i imagine a lot of people would probably say the gotham one would probably be the best because it's kind of you know they'd probably go well he's dark it's a modern kind of portrayal well that's just that silly campy guy from the 60s but actually, I, you know, I'd say, well, actually, no, the city campy guy actually has a bit more. Creeps. He's actually kind of strong, kind of stronger, because I really liked the Riddler, the Riddler in um, Gotham. But then I think the, I never finished Gotham, but the where I, where I kind of left it was when he had this weird plot line when he was becoming obsessed with the Penguin and he wanted to date the Penguin and he loved him and he really fancied him. And then Penguin was refusing him. Or it might be the other way around and it was Penguin obsessing over Riddler or this weird thing. But it was this weird gay relationship going on. I thought, what is this storyline? Like, where is this going? And I like completely kind of butchered both of those characters. Because I thought Oswald Cobblepot was really strong in that series as well. When that series, that plot line happened, I thought, you've messed both of these characters up now. And then you see Frank Gorsh in here. Like I said, it, he did later leave and somebody replaced him. But I do think he's a genuinely like really strong interpretation and there's no there's no overarching series arc or any plot line like that kind of thing but like i said earlier the strongest episodes of the series are always with the riddler they're the ones i enjoy the most because i just think he's like a genuinely really good version yeah i haven't seen much of gotham because it's for me it watching makes Gotham. It no sense to you, basically. It hurts me because it's. I just. I. I. Can't, if I sit watching Gotham, I'm just sitting there thinking, "Why is all this happening?" <laughs> the the Bruce is a kid. I mean, mob bosses. Sure, the first series. Like I watched a bit of the first series, and from what I've heard, it's like mainly mob bosses and that kind of thing for the early stuff, and that's bang on. That's fine. I did kind of enjoy that, but the moment you start introducing the big villains who are fundamentally there gimmicks because of batman they're still there they would still be there so you can kind of have the proto characters if you want to do like proto joker okay but even so don't but if you want okay but the moment you start naming them riddler or mr freeze or joker and it's like now you've lost me because Mm. they it's not quite that just doesn't work for me it doesn't and it's it it, it, I, i can't comfortably sit there and be like bruce is this tall and the Joker's this big and he's calling himself the Joker skipping well, around. And it's like, oh, what are you doing? I, don't, I think that's the thing about the Joker. I don't think they actually ever called him the Joker in Gotham. No, but were... then they killed him off and then replaced him with someone else who was actually his brother and said he was the Joker, but ultimately he was a worse version of the Joker. And it's like, yeah. now now they're not even sticking to what they did, like which is worse. Stick to your bad decision. Don't change it for a weird decision, which yeah, is trying to wreck on your terrible decision. It was, it was weird. I think there was five seasons total, wasn't there? I think I stopped after three. I believe that was kind of I think it was uh, I did, it's not that I was going oh, 
I, I don't like this series anymore. It was probably just that it, series four wasn't on Netflix. And then when it was on Netflix, I kind of looked at it with like, it's 22 episodes and thought, can I be asked? Just didn't have the it. drive, you know, it didn't I keep just, you hooked. Yeah, it just, it just never happened, happened. Uh, I mean, for me. it like a bit of a detour here, but with Titans that I really do enjoy Titans. I really do like that. And that keeps me gripped. Like when I've now there's a season three coming out, I'm really excited to watch that because it's all the poster for it. Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited for that, but that keeps me gripped. Like the moment that's on Netflix, like I binge watched the second season of Titans straight, literally straight in 12 hours. I started at seven o'clock at night and finished at seven o'clock in the morning because I really enjoyed that. But Gotham just couldn't keep me hooked because Titans, although it's a kind of a different interpretation, Bruce Wayne's quite old and he doesn't have many other Robins and he's quite old for only having two Robins. It still feels very much like that kind of universe because you have the the, the starting point, you have Batman and Robin, Dick Grayson, and then you have all these other characters. Where with Gotham, you have all these other characters, but you don't have the starting block. You don't have the catalyst that sets it all off. And it's like, You've just skipped a stage here. And I feel like, honestly, Gotham could have been amazing if they'd have focused on the mob bosses and then had Bruce Wayne disappear, have him grow up a bit, skip a bit of time, have him disappear for most of the show, I'd say, gone. Training, because he takes years to train because he knows, I don't don't know the number of martial arts he knows, but he knows most of them. Have him disappear for a bit, then have him kind of train, then have the, the villains kind of start themselves off a bit kind of giving a, getting a foothold in Gotham. Gotham can really turn to this terrible state where it's dark and gritty and you've got all these prototype villains who aren't quite themselves yet, but they're really just tearing Gotham apart. And then you could have in the final series, which I would have loved, frankly, you have him come back in the final series as a completely different actor. He's old. He's like 20-year-old Batman. And then you could have that final series just be Batman year one as a series. And that would have been perfect i think and i think that would have been incredible and i would have loved that and i'm actually getting goosebumps talking about it because i think that would have been undeniably amazing and i think i think you're right you i think there's something that if i had to kind of restructure it a bit as well i think something that i do maybe is your very first episode if you want to keep it with the waynes get murdered blah 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 you see gordon comfort you know i've seen i i remember for some reason, I've seen that pilot episode about six times. I'm not really sure why. I think I watched it, then I rewatched it, and then maybe I saw it again on another rewatch. And then I tried introducing it to some people, so I had to watch it with them. But I've seen that pilot episode a billion times. And if they wanted, I think if I had to kind of restructure it, like you've said there, you know, have Bruce Wayne and then Bruce Wayne go away and then Bruce Wayne come back and then have that kind of thing. Yes, you can keep your prototype villains. I'd, I'd say that's I'd keep a lot of that as well. But my entire, my entire first series for that would be your first episode remains young Bruce Wayne, parents are murdered, here's Gordon, blah, blah, blah. But then the rest of that series is the descent of Gotham into the crime. So you don't just immediately go, here's Falcone and here's blah, 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 and all these other people. You start with, well, who's this guy Falcone and who's this guy emerging? And then you descend and you descend. You can keep Gordon and what's going on? What's happening to the city? And it descends and descends and descends. And by the series finale, it's like, going, here's Gotham. Here's the Gotham you know it, which is just crime central. Mm. It started, started quite peacefully, really. And then here's the kind of uh, mental version that we know. 
time jump to series two. Whereas then you've got that more later. And then you can keep Bruce Wayne in it and you can keep Alfred, but it's now you've gone from child Bruce Wayne to maybe late teenage Mm. Bruce Wayne. And now you've got Gotham. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I quite like the... And you can keep Bruce Wayne in it and you can keep Bruce Wayne training, but you've got a different actor and you've got all these things and you can keep those prototype villains because then they're closer to, you know, in only two, three years time they're going to go i'm the riddler now like it's not too far away yeah no i like that i I really like the idea of kind of seeing gordon try and keep keep gotham in his grip trying to stop it from letting go but he can't by himself he can't stop Mm. gotham just turning into this terrible city and then it can really show people and like the audience kind of that kind of thing it can really show you why gotham needs a batman because without it this is what happens. No one can keep it in check, so they need a Batman. And I know we're talking about Gotham there, and we're supposed to be talking about Batman I mean, 66. Yeah, but... but I think, you know, keep that discussion in this podcast because we're never going to talk about Gotham again. No, I'm going to keep that in. And it's quite a valid thing. You know, it's something... I was a really big fan of Gotham for those three seasons that I watched. So it's quite nice for me to talk about it because it's kind of... I'm about to say it's a show that I miss because I quite miss... I'm, But I mean in the sense of I miss being a fan of that kind mm. of thing. I just completely fell off the, uh, fell off the thing. It's not like with the uh, CW shows where the reason I stopped watching them was because they just became unbearable. Gotham to me was never, I was never like, well, that's not very good. It, it never was, actively things, turned you off. Yeah. I, I just never got around to it. I think I watched the first episode of season four, then just could never be bothered. Cause that's the thing with those American series when it's going, yes, there's 22 episodes that are 45 minutes long. I like, I cannot do that. Like, it's not no. quite focused enough. Like that, that's part of, probably a part of the reason why I enjoy watching Titans so much. And this is it's probably going to be the only time we get to talk about Titans. Yeah. There's a reason because Titans, there are quite a few episodes per season, but there's not an obscene amount. And there's and they're very structured, and I really do quite enjoy them. But no, Gotham, I feel like I might watch it at some point, but I just... Now that it's finished, I know how it finished, and I know how it kind of tried to wrap everything up in one neat bow by trying to be like it did it in one final episode trying to do all of these things in in one episode it should have been a whole season if you want to do that because that the way they introduce batman at that end when they look up and they see him on that rooftop or that whole moment you know that's fine you can keep that if you want but instead of being the final episode of series five put that to episode one of series three or something do you mean like like I said, series one for my restructure would be Child Bruce Wayne. S- series two would be um, old, older teenage Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Maybe put him in series two and you know ser- series two and three, late teenage Bruce Wayne. Maybe because I think there was five seasons. Let's stick with their beast five seasons. I'd go Child Bruce Wayne to begin with. Teenage, teenage here. Season four, maybe not even put him in it. I want him he's gone. Not, yeah, I, not, I, I really not. do want an episode where he's not there. I think that's... I, I, yeah, I'd just say Series 4, he's off training somewhere. Then you can do that maybe across a couple of years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Series 5, bring him in as Batman, but this is a proper Batman. And this is him finding his feet. And because it's Gotham, we're not focusing on Batman. He can still be there, but that's when you can do that kind of, who is this force? People are seeing a bat. And you know you don't need to do it from the perspective of Batman. You can stick with Jim Gordon as your perspective, but it is like you 
what do you mean you got beaten up mm. by a bat? And it's that until the series, do you know what I mean? And you could really lean into kind of the fear factor of Batman because we don't often get to be scared of Batman because we're always seeing Batman from his perspective. But you can kind of lean into, we see maybe Gordon show up in a mugging. He's trying, and but he's a bit late. But then you see Batman just kick ass and it's in the shadows and scary but you don't quite get to see it and you get to see Batman from a different perspective. And then that whole kind of series, that final series is just kind of Batman showing up and you get to see Gordon kind of meet Batman and become friends with him. Do you know, what, you I'd also, do you know what I would also do from that as well? Hmm. I wouldn't even cast a Bruce Wayne actor for that entire series. I'd have no Bruce Wayne. You don't see Bruce Wayne once you have Batman and you can just have, you know, like in Black Widow, there was a stunt double playing Taskmaster. You mean like that, in Titan season one? Is that exactly what they did? Exactly what a, they did. There's a Batman and it's just a stunt double doing something. That's what I would do. It's an incredible thing to see. I hate, were, you know, I hate it when people have already had ideas that I that It's I such a cool with. thing to see because you see a scene where <laughs> Batman, you see Batman in it doing cool Batman stuff, but because you don't see his face, but you see him doing the Batman stuff, it's kind of scary because it's like he's doing freakishly weird moves, but I can't put a face to him because he's just a figure. And honestly, Aiden, I think it would work brilliantly for Gotham. And I think you're onto something there. And I think we're onto an incredible series here, but we've yeah, I mean, had the I idea think, after. You know, yeah, I mean... If you know it's already been done as a TV series, that was a lot of money. But DC, if you want to give us our own, you know, graphic novel, maybe I think you know that could work. Yeah. <laughs> maybe give us like three graphic novels because it's a quite a long story we're telling here. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to do, you'd have yeah, to do no, no, teenage and child and teenage Bruce Wayne in graphic novel one, graphic novel two. That's when we go, no Batman, and then back graphic novel three. That's when he comes back. So, yeah. you know, it's a long story, it's quite you got him. Yeah, you don't want to rush us. We need to be able to tell it properly. I'm with you there. No, yeah, but yeah, it's, you know, quite, it's actually quite a long run you'd be giving us. But And, you know, it could get to the end of the first one. People are just going, you know, the fans are going, just give us Batman. We want to read Batman for Batman. We're going, yeah, but guys, we've got this long story. We're going to tell whatever. Just bear with us. But, you know, we've got an idea here. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, if, if you do want this idea, we are up for it. No, I'll play Batman. I do actually have ideas for Batman comics, so please actually hire uh, me. I have no about hire me because this is the Batman podcast hosted <laughs> by George. <laughs> hire both of us. Just get... but um yes, yeah, so that's our Gotham talk. Thank you, everyone, for listening to that bit of Gotham. Yes, in the end. Because we'll never get to talk about it again. No, so and I'll keep that in nice because it was a that there. But anyway, Frank Gorshin, where were yes. we? No, but basically that entire spin-off there with Gotham was just saying how we We'd change stuff about Gotham if we wanted to make it closer to what we think a Batman TV show like that should be. Whereas when it comes to this TV show, Batman 1966, the characters are kind of there. Yeah, but it's like if you had to design a Batman TV show, we've just done it for Gotham. We've designed our own versions of it. If you had to design a Batman TV show, nobody in sane mind in 2021 would design Batman 1966. Hey guys, let's do Batman, but he's wearing tights and everything's called Bat this, Bat that, Bat this. He's kind of mental. Bruce Wayne, uh, Bruce Wayne, um, Dick Grayson gets thrown around a lot. All the joke, all the villains are really exaggerated and cheesy. We're going to film it all at Dutch angles. Everything's going to be really high saturated. People would be going, thank you. Can you leave, please? Uh, security, get this man out of the Warner Brothers building. I mean, they still <laughs> kick us out for our idea. 
<laughs> we were, yeah, but guys, guys, come on. And then they could be going purr. And then, you know, you know, the riddle could be making Just all imagine the It's <laughs> <laughs> like, and then and then guys, it's like, please thank you for your time. And we can have like no health and safety. And Robin could just be holding on. And the penguin could be going wah, 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 every two minutes. And he'd be like, What are you talking about? Nobody would design this as the perfect Batman TV show. And yet it's not the perfect Batman TV show. No. But for what it is. It is. It's not, but it is. Like everything is there. All the iconography is there. Like I said, with the villains, the Joker is very clearly the Joker, but it's not the Joker. Catwoman is very clearly Catwoman, but she's not Selena Kyle. Penguin is very clearly Penguin, but it's not Oswald Cobblepot. But it is kind of like the essence of them is all there. I think the main thing when it comes to the characters for me in this whole thing is... Bat is, it's Batman 1966, but it isn't Batman in its purest form, which I still believe is Batman the animated series. If yes. someone were to were to like tell me, right, George, I need you to design this comic book based off of your best interpretation of Batman, I would not even look at this TV series because although it's got the iconography and it's kind of got the names and that kind of thing and and the kind of the um the caricature elements it's not those characters when it comes to certain parts and they don't quite translate to modern times when it comes to being those characters they're just not so i'd say this is batman 1966 but it just isn't quite batman it, it, it just think, isn't i think a good way to sum it up really is what we alluded to earlier but it is in the scene where kitka is saying are you vigilantes and Gordon's very quick to go. They are not vigilantes. They are fully deputized agents of the law. And then, you know, Robin has to give us the moral message, which is support the police. Like, um, it's weird because it's like, well, you are Batman and Robin. You are Batman and Robin. You are crime fighters. But why are you not vigilantes? Why are you working with the police? It's, I think that's the a really good way to sum up the difference between how it's Batman in name and in style and in look mm. but in character and in plot it isn't no but then in places it can be but then even in places in style and look it can't be because it's like usually when we do these podcasts we're very much like any podcast that we've ever done whether it's doctor who or uh batman we've basically what we do is we really delve into the character and how this character is portrayed here what that means for future appearances what that meant for past appearances how this character got there etc etc you cannot do that with this like i can't go well this was a really good moment for batman's character here because it's like they don't exist in this in this so why do we still go yeah but it is batman and for for many many people of a certain age like my dad adam west is the is batman and nobody else will ever come close I think that's exactly the right way of putting it. They're kind of, it's really interesting how they're their characters in everything other than their characters. Mm. Like it is fascinating. And I really think for the time, this is exactly what the time needed because it created a huge amount of Batman fans. And I think I think the perfect, like this show is, I think what it is, 
is it the per is it is it is the perfect young children's Batman TV show because it's not dark at all. It's light. It's happy. It it tries to do good morals. It tries to say good things. Sometimes a bit ham fisted, where it says. <laughs> Drunk people are still human beings. <laughs> I mean, that's my favorite. My, I've said this to you before, but my, I mean, I'm actually going to say is my my number one favorite moment in the entire TV series is when Batman and Robin run to a shop and it's closed. And Batman goes, well, Robin, you must never enter a shop when it's closed. And they leave. It's not a case of this is Batman. He will break in and stop the villain. He goes, no, I'm not allowed to be here today. I will go home and try again tomorrow yes. and i just love that because it is very much like i mean I, d I don't know for sure what day this aired but i assume this is midweek i believe if i'm not mistaken, i could be wrong on this but i i believe it was like wednesday's tea time i believe i'm right in saying that so this is tea time viewing for people so it is very much hey kids you're back home from school here's your moral message of the week Remain good citizens and let's get on with our lives. Like it's very much that it's, kind of thing. It's a it's a classic kind of kids show, and it does that well because I it's not trying to be the Batman of today. It's not trying to have that deep character development, is it? What it's trying to show people is Batman's this fun character, eh? He's got all these fun costumes and gadgets. Kids don't drink alcohol. That's all it's trying to do. And it does it. And mm. it does it kind of well. Like it, We've said before on this podcast that Batman is basically a big figure of pop culture, if huge. not the greatest pop culture icon. Like if you, you know, said, if you just said to somebody, name a pop arty character. I imagine a lot of you would probably go Batman, like just as a gut instinct. Batman, I don't know. Don't shoot me. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> who are you? Why are you asking me <laughs> such a random question? It's just Batman. The pop culture icon. <laughs> I don't know, um, but I do, I do think like that the sense of Batman being a pop culture icon comes from this. He wouldn't be as big in our psyche if it wasn't for this. I don't think. Like, say, you know, because there was that Batman series in the 1940s, wasn't there? Say we went from that to Keaton. It's a big, uh, big uh, thing, big gap there. And we would never have got Keaton because Keaton was a response to this in a way. And you know what I mean? So I do think this is this series is, this series is liquefied pop culture. That is literally exactly what it is. Everything's bright. Everything's at a big angle. Everything's you know, saturated colours. At the end, when you get the big kapow and all that kind of thing, it is just pop culture brought to life. And I think that's why so many people remember it as being like a great introduction and a great interpretation when it isn't. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that just puts, that's the nail on the head, really. Like when I was younger, I used to watch this loads of times on repeat, I think. But, it's not what I think back to when I think of why do I love Batman? But if I have to be honest, it's probably a huge factor in me loving Batman because it probably would have been one of, if not the first things I watched. Cause I can't say for certain what the first thing I watched or my first exposure to Batman was. I don't know what it was for certain. I know what my early stuff was. It was this Batman the animated series and some comics, but I can't give you the first one. 
but it could have been this. And if it was, I can understand why. Because it shows me all the cool sides of Batman. And I was young enough to not really care about kind of the dark grittiness and the big character development. But it showed me everything I would have needed to know at that time. Batman's a good guy, fights crime, has cool costumes. That's it. That's it. That's what you need to know. And I think it is the perfect, like, not perfect, is it? You know, it's it's the... So I said earlier, it's perfect, but it's not perfect. Like, it's it's not perfect, but it is for what it's doing. Mm. For exactly what it is of the time and of being this show for kids, which is just casual daytime viewing for 1966, for the Batman of the time as well, it's exactly what it tries to do. If it came out today, I'd rip it. To, I'd rip it apart, and I'd say, right. "What the hell do you think you're doing?" But then again, if something from today came out, then would it have really worked? Because was this the springboard for getting these kind of Batman to be this huge known thing? And then you jump into Batman 1989, where you have the character development and the darkness, and then you have the animated series where you get kind of the bit of the darkness, but you kind of t- change it a bit to make it this Batman no killing. And then you really fix the characters and then you have the perfect version. And then you springboard from that to everything we have today. It's vital in that kind of wheel of motion. It's all bounces. You have the light. So it's just bounce, bounce, bounce to today, really. I think if you had to put a gun to my head and say, and ask me, would we have Batman as he is today without Batman 1966, I would lean towards no. Not because this show sets up the characters or sets up the plot or sets up Batman as a kind of perfect version. Not because of any of that, because it doesn't do that. I would say this is vital for Batman being what it is today because of how this show kind of... It, popularized exactly that's exactly it pop culture do you know what i'm also gonna say and i've just i reckon you this is a very valid argument that i can say here the mcu we don't get without batman 66 how how does that work Aiden? it's a completely different universe well because you go from batman 66 to then you've got suddenly oh who are these characters comics are more than just um things for children do you know what i mean then you come to 1978 when I believe it's 1978. Correct me if I'm wrong. When you get a certain little film called Superman. Now Superman is very much that still man in tights kind of cheesy, inspired from '66 very much. But the Batman, the Superman 1978 formula for the film is still being followed today. Mm-hmm. Every single origin superhero film you will ever see is based on the formula of. Superman 1978. So much so, for example, to connect this to our other podcast, the episode, uh, the Doctor episode, Return of Doctor Mysterio. What's that a pastiche of? Superman 1978. That is the thing that we always followed. Superman 1978 is the film that popularized superhero films. From that, we don't get any superhero film. If, if Superman 1978 either didn't exist or wasn't successful, there'd be no superhero films. And the, if that hadn't had the inspiration of, well, they could do it for Batman, so let's do it for Superman. You don't get the MCU. It's such yeah. a weird thing. 
thing where this is this is Batman, but ob- objectively, it's a terrible interpretation. I would never put like if oh. someone pitched this to me, I would say go away, give me <laughs> Batman animated series again. Like I would not give you the light of day to even speak this in the same room as me without shooting you. No, but somehow, they <laughs> somehow a man in blue tights carrying a bomb over his head, running around a dog going, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Somehow that has led to Captain America saying Avengers Assemble and everybody screaming in cinemas around the world Mm -hmm. and going crazy over superheroes. What a weird world we live in. (laughs) It's a weird, weird world. And I'm thankful for it because it's always going to have a special place in my heart. And ultimately, I had a blast watching it. Yeah, and I will I will one day finish that box set looking at me there. I will finish it one day, but the Longingly. There are like three thousand episodes. Christ. <laughs> Just watch the film again. And there's only so many times I can kind of take holy mackerel Batman in a day and I'm kinda of like, oh Jesus, I don't need a break from this. So Aiden, what are we watching next week? I don't know, it's your podcast, you tell me. <laughs> okay, next week we are watching James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Yes. Now you may be thinking, (laughs) but Batman's not in that. No. No, but it is current DC, so it feels fitting. Yes. To not talk. It would be weird to not talk about it, I think. It's current DC and Batman is in DC, so... You're gonna. I mean, we're gonna talk about Batman, it, and you can't Batman stop us. Villains, Batman villains are in yeah, it's it. Got Harley, it's got Harley in it, and we spoke about Batman animated series. You can't yeah, stop us so from it. watching it, and we're gonna talk about it. So. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Bye bye. <laughs>